And anxiety, if we hold it rightly, hold it rightly in the way that God designed us to hold anxiety, it actually is an opportunity, a redemptive opportunity that Jesus can use to lead us to profound spiritual growth. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking about anxiety and suffering. Elizabeth Elliot was an author, speaker and teacher. She knew great suffering. Her first husband, Jim Elliot, was tragically murdered in Ecuador in 1956. Her second husband died four years after they were married. Here's what Elizabeth Elliot said about suffering. There have been some hard things in my life, of course, as there have been in yours. And I cannot say to you, I know exactly what you're going through, but I can say that I know the one who knows. And I've come to see that it's through the deepest suffering that God has taught me the deepest lessons. And if we'll trust him for it, we can come through to the unshakable assurance that he's in charge. He has a loving purpose and he can transform something terrible into something wonderful. Our guest today would agree, suffering is never for nothing. His own experience with debilitating anxiety has taught him that. Among the many other things, Curtis Chang is a non-profit director and a podcaster. He is also a theologian, a pastor, and the author of The Anxiety Opportunity. Curtis comes to us today with this beautiful truth. Anxiety isn't a moral failure. It's not a weakness. It's not something you shouldn't have. It's not sin. Anxiety is part of what makes us human. Even Jesus experienced anxiety. With great humility, disarming honesty, and startling vulnerability and gentleness, our guest today shares how he has grappled with anxiety and an anxiety disorder throughout his whole life. But as he has walked through anxiety, he's come to see his anxiety not so much as something to be got rid of, but as something to go through. Ultimately, he's come to see anxiety not as a weakness or a burden, but as an opportunity. An opportunity that has led him to deeper levels of self-awareness. An opportunity to focus on the present rather than fear of future loss. And an opportunity that has strengthened his relationship with God. What a beautiful, gentle, hopeful message. It will lift your head if you're suffering. It will encourage you and strengthen you and do your heart good, just as it did mine. What a breath of fresh air to hear from Curtis. I'm so grateful for his voice in the world, and I can't wait for you to hear from him too. So without further ado, please welcome my friend and now yours, Curtis Chang. My name is Curtis Chang. I do a lot of different things. So I am the host of the Good Faith Podcast. That is where we help people who are following Jesus make sense of the world. 
I'm on the faculty, consulting faculty at Duke Divinity School and a senior fellow at Fuller Theological Seminary. I actually grew up in a culture in which anxiety was viewed as a problem, as something you shouldn't have. And that's really true in the immigrant culture I grew up in. I grew up in Chinese American, and there just wasn't much space and room for mental health struggles, for anxiety. I think I would say I spent most of my early teenager years to early adulthood really in a more sophisticated version of that hiding anxiety. And the way I hid anxiety was basically by turning to what psychologists call highly functioning anxiety. And what highly functioning anxiety is really all these behaviors that are really functional in many ways and get you ahead in the world. Things like planning ahead, anticipating problems, making contingency plans that are you know really functional, help you do well in the world, but are driven by a deep underlying anxiety. And the problem with highly functioning anxiety is that at some point, it can become the underlying anxiety can get so bad that it no longer becomes functional, that it becomes quite dysfunctional. And it slides into what you would call an anxiety disorder. An anxiety disorder is when we can no longer hold our anxiety in healthy, functional ways. And so that's really what happened to me. And it really kind of came to a head when I took over as the senior pastor of a church. My church was losing members. It was losing money. And where it showed up for me was sleep. I started having more and more trouble falling or staying asleep. And so I was sleeping seven hours, then six, then five, and then four. And all the time, because I was telling myself that I was sleeping less because I had a lot of work to do, or, or I was stressed, but I didn't call it anxiety. It was like work stress. And so, you know, just having to spend more time working. Again, very much that mindset of I'm functioning, I'm functioning well, and not actually acknowledging that underneath was this mounting sense of anxiety, which was really my fear of failure. The sleep was getting so bad that I hit a two-week period where for two weeks straight, I did not fall asleep at all. I don't remember consciously falling asleep for two weeks straight. And I remember around day 10 of that experience just screaming in agony and shouting to God, like, just make this stop. I'll do anything. And for me, it was an agonizing experience that ultimately slid over into depression, which often happens with chronic anxiety. It can easily slide over into depression. And my depression was very deep, very profound. I ended up having to go on disability. And even after I recovered from the most severe depression, I was in a long period spiritually where God seemed very distant, very absent. And it essentially ended my pastoral career. I share all of that to say that anxiety itself, the experience of anxiety, does not have to lead to an anxiety disorder. That anxiety, if we hold it rightly in the way that God designed us to hold anxiety, does not have to lead to sleepless nights and breakdowns. It actually is an opportunity, a redemptive opportunity that Jesus can use to lead us to profound spiritual growth. My most profound spiritual growth as a Christian has come not because I've gotten rid of my anxiety, but it's come through my anxiety. The reason for this is because anxiety is really all about the fear of future loss. So when we enter anxiety, when we engage with anxiety, rather than making it go away, 
we're engaging with at the deepest level our feelings, our thoughts, our practices around loss, around what it's like to experience loss in life. And it turns out if we're willing to do that, if we're really willing to actually look at how we experience and feel and believe about loss, when we treat anxiety, all anxiety, as simply a problem that we are supposed to make go away, either by praying it away or by prescribing it away, by outsourcing it to secular mental health to make go away, we're still missing the fundamental insight that I think is the key to unlock anxiety, which is that it is not just a problem, that it is an opportunity. We have all sorts of, frankly, false beliefs about God that need to be corrected by God so that we can actually enter what is the true life of the Christian. It turns out that you know, this belief, which is widespread among Christians, even subconsciously, that God exists, we can avoid loss in our life, that God arranged things so that we can avoid loss in our life. That is actually deeply embedded in why we, you know, treat anxiety as a problem to go away. And that's actually counter completely to Jesus and the gospel, because the, the heart of the gospel is not avoid loss, but rather go through loss, go through anxiety, because on the other side is resurrection. Resurrection is not avoiding loss. Resurrection is going through loss. So what anxiety does, it kind of sharpens my thinking and believing about most fundamental things about life, which is how we handle loss. And it exposes all sorts of ways in which we actually need to have our minds and hearts and practices reshaped by Jesus around the resurrection promise. We see Jesus himself going through anxiety. And the really beautiful thing for me about the Gethsemane passage is that Jesus, in his most anxious moment, where all of his physical behavior is showing the signs of somebody who is fearing the impending loss of his own life and connection with God that he will experience brutally in the crucifixion, what does Jesus most want in Gethsemane? Well, he wants the Father. He wants to be held by the Father, and that's his deep prayer life with the Father going through. But the second thing that Jesus most wants is to have his disciples with him, to stay awake and be with him, to have his friends, his closest friends, go through this experience with him, to hold it with him. And so this is why experiencing the love, deep love of our friends and our family in anxiety is so important. Anxiety is not a sin. It's not a spiritual problem. It's what it means to be human, so much so that Jesus himself, in taking on all of humanity, took on the experience of anxiety. And for him, it was also a doorway to growing into his true best self, which is the Christ, the Messiah. And so we who follow in the footsteps of the Christ follow in the same footsteps of rather than making anxiety go away, We follow in the footsteps of Jesus as he walked to the cross through Gethsemane, which is a pathway through anxiety. This is a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible called The Singer, about the Sermon on the Mount. All kinds of people come to see Jesus. Sick people, well people, happy people, sad people, and worried people. Lots of them worrying about lots of things. What if we don't have enough food? 
or clothes, or suppose we run out of money. Little flock, Jesus said, you are more important than birds, more important than flowers. The birds and flowers don't sit and worry about things. And God doesn't want his children to worry either. God loves to look after the birds and the flowers, and he loves to look after you too. Jesus here is actually teaching some very practical advice about how to get present, because what a big move that Jesus is inviting his people is to not worry about tomorrow. It's to look at the present reality and a big way that we can bring anxiety more under control is by not by leaving the future because anxiety is about some fear of future loss and anxiety hijacks us into the future and on the sermon on the mount on this very passage jesus is teaching his people about how to get present how to get to the present here and now where you can be more present to god who ultimately holds the future for you You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever, love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.